hello, hello. What's going on, Story Squad? It is another episode of Storytime with your favorite author, N.M. Porterfield. Now, before I hop into today's podcast, I have to uh, pay reverence. I have to acknowledge the tragic events that happened today on this January the 26th. Uh, One of the greatest basketball players to ever do it, to ever grace the court, Kobe Bryant passed away today. He and uh, eight other passengers, as well as the pilot, uh, died today in a helicopter crash. Um, It is a terrible, terrible uh, thing that happened. Kobe Bryant is one of my personal role models. There are two people that I looked up to in this world. That's Kobe Bryant and Muhammad Ali. Um, So both of my role models are gone now. And, you know, that's tough. It's been a tough, emotional day for me. just because of what Mamba mentality and what Kobe Bryant's uh, will and drive to win meant for me as an individual has been pretty emotional for me. And I know it's been emotional for a lot of other people too, but um, our prayers go out to his family, to the family of the others who passed away in in this accident. Um, You know, I wish, you know, nothing but healing for them and uh, that they're able to get through this process. I know it's not going to be easy. Death never is. But uh, I just pray that it is as easy as possible that they are filled with love and the memories of their lost ones. So rest in peace, Black Mamba, Mamba forever. One of the greatest joys I have in this life is storytelling. Whether it's superpowered teenagers, high paid assassins, or ancient demon hunters, I am driven by the process of telling compelling stories that engage and entertain people. My hope is that through these tales, I can inspire others to attain to heights in their own creativity, to tell the stories of others through my lens and bring a smile to the faces of other individuals. Now you have a chance to be a part of my story by subscribing to my Patreon and helping me to grow my writing and my publishing company to the next level. With your support, I'll be able to create new content for you like podcasts, audiobooks, and more. To get started, just sign up at patreon.com slash your favorite author. Now, <clears throat> to segue from from Kobe, you know, once again, rest in peace to him and, and you know, prayers to his family. Um, this podcast is is going to be um, it's going to be on a subject that is important to me uh, as an author, as a writer and creator. Um, but it's also important that we discuss what exactly is going on here. And I'm, I'm going to be talking about Tyler Perry. Right. So. Oh, man, Tyler Perry is right now. He's he, he's kind of in, in mixed company. Like we don't know how to actually look at Tyler Perry. In uh, the one hand, we are proud of his achievements. We are grateful that everything he has done uh, for the black community, for for black cinema, black um, arts, giving people jobs and things of that nature. On the other hand, um, we're looking at the stories he's telling and we're like, what are you doing? Why, why are you continuing to, to give these same types of stories over and over again? Uh, 
um, you know, as a whole, I'm, I'm seeing people dig into him, right? And so at first I was like, man, this hate is kind of unwarranted, you know. Now, when I said that, that was before I saw the movie Fall from Grace. Um, I have since seen the movie and I'll be discussing my thoughts on that in a little while. Um, but before I dig deeper into that, there, there, there's two trains of thought when it comes to Tyler Perry on this uh, scenario. There are people who just absolutely love him. They love everything he does and they continue to support him regardless of what he puts out. And then there are those who feel like what he's putting out is uh, nothing but the same regurgitated types of films where you have your downtrodden black woman who is mistreated by a black guy and finds love in some un, you know usual way or um, finds hope somehow. And then there's a scripture and maybe Medea will make an appearance. So it's, it's hard for me to look at this uh, in an unbiased way because, like I said, I am an author myself. I, I write as well. And so I have my themes that I tend to follow. If you look at my books, you look at things like Candy, you look at Barron's Wasteland, um, the Ebony Chase series, which will be coming out uh, this year. The first of the books will be coming out this year. If you look at those things, you see that I tend to uh, I tend to like to write black female protagonist um which is something that you know tyler perry does as well he usually has a black female lead um even my first comic book ghost had a black female protagonist um and so you know in that sentiment i'm like well i don't see anything wrong with having black women you know be represented that's not an issue um but where me and Tyler Perry differ in, in our creation and, and what we write and the things that we talk about, uh, it comes down to the stories that we actually tell. This is where storytelling becomes very important. So first of all, I'll, I'll, and I'll go through the different stories of my own that I just discussed. So I said Barron's Wasteland. Barron's Wasteland is about um, a black mother living in a post-apocalyptic society who is attacked by the uh, tyrant leader of their area. And she ends up with a bionic arm that gives her enhanced strength. And she ends up fighting, physically fighting, to get her daughter back. Um, Candy is about a girl who uh, was partially raised in the streets, but was also very very intelligent and becomes one of the biggest drug dealers in her era um ebony chase is the female sherlock holmes um she's a black woman who is insanely intelligent highly resourceful and she helps the police solve crimes i mean they come to her on a regular basis to solve crimes that they themselves are not able to solve so if you look at the spectrum of the characters like even though i have black women in a good majority of them I'm not telling the same story. Um, you can you couldn't read one of my books and say, oh, all Nigel is going to do is write a black woman doing this and doing that. So when it comes to Tyler Perry, there is a repetitive theme there. And it makes you wonder if he's only speaking from a perspective that he understands, um, which would mean that maybe the women in his life um, only experienced hardship, only experienced uh, heartbreak and abuse and things like that. Um, that would be sad if that's the case. And if that is the case, as a writer, you probably need to expand your circles and, and get to know more people, right? Um, 
But beyond that, I, I see the the trouble, the dilemma that people have when it comes to watching his stuff. So um, before I get into Fall from Grace, I'm going to talk about um, kind of some of the things that I've been seeing lately in the way that black people view films in general. So, um, you know, before I get into that, once again, um, if, if you haven't already, uh, make sure to tell your friends, family, anyone you know who likes listening to podcasts to check me out. Anchor.fm slash you are favorite author slash your favorite author. Um, thank you for the support and continuing to check me out. What's going on, world? Once again, it is your favorite author, N.M. Porterfield. And if you are creative for yourself and you're looking for an outlet to get your content or your voice out, then you need to check out Anchor.fm. I've been using it for over a year now, and I love it. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain a few things. First of all, it's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I actually do a lot of my stuff on the go. And then Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it basically gives you everything you need to make a great podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Warning, warning, warning. The podcast you are about to listen to may contain some spoilers. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, click to the next podcast and hopefully that one doesn't have spoilers as well. Thanks! So... When we look at Tyler Perry, we have to, first of all, we have to go back to the beginning of how he even rose to fame in the first place. Tyler Perry started off as a playwright, writing uh, plays that were really popular in the gospel markets. Um, Medea, uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Medea's Class Reunion. Uh, Medea was actually a very popular character um, that helped, you know, helped him gain popularity with Uh, black audiences and allowed him to get to the point where he could make his first film. Uh, The first film was Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which was also one of his most successful plays. And so um, when you think of how he started, he started staying true to the content that made him famous. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And um, even to this day, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You still, however, have a responsibility and it's kind of hard because you have to decide, do you want to make the stuff that makes you happy or make the stuff that makes you money? And if this is the content, the, the movies and things that Tyler Perry makes, if they are content, that if it's content that speaks to him, meaning this is what's in my heart to write and this is what is in my heart to create, then we ultimately can't, I mean, we can criticize him, but it's not going to change anything. However, he may see a dip in his box office uh, numbers if he doesn't change or if he doesn't recognize and put his his finger to the pulse of the people who are consuming his product. 
So, um, you know, we started to see, you know, early on, he really just remade all of his plays into a film. Um, we did, you know, Medea class reunion, Medea goes to jail, all that stuff. Remade all of that stuff. Um, you know, I could do bad all by myself and, and turn them into films. Use bigger name celebrities as the lead. So you had actresses like Taraji P. Henson, uh, Felicia Rashad. Uh, you got all these big name people uh, playing in these roles. And now, you know, you get a bigger box office draw. You get more people in uh, to see the things that you've made before that were successful. And for the most part, those films were successful. You can't, you know, you can't deny that people were going to see them. Um I knew that things were were getting a little stretched when he started making uh, the Medea Halloween movies. <laughs> at, at that point, I was starting to wonder, okay, you know, where are you going with this? Like, I don't think Medea is that big of a draw that uh, you can just, you know, drop movies like that. But, you know, I think it did okay, actually. I think it didn't do too bad. Um, so you're going to have your, your staunch supporters regardless of what you put out, which is what maybe what Tyler Perry is only targeting. He may only be worried about uh, making content for the people who are going to support him regardless. And if you have that type of a fan base, then you can do that and not have to worry about your pockets too bad. So that may be his goal. Uh, however, you know, if your goal is to make stories that inspire, make stories that, you know, pull people in and, you know, you want to share new experiences with people. That's that's my goal as a writer and as an author. Like, I don't want to just write the book that's going to, uh, you know, cash me, give me a check. I want to write the book or I want to write the movie um, that's going to make somebody look at their life differently. I'm going to I want to write the movie that's going to have people talking about it in a good way for weeks on end. Um, you know, I want to write the film that you know, or the movie or the book or, or whatever. I want to tell the story that, you know, makes you love differently, that makes you uh, try something new. Like that's that's what I want my work, my, my storytelling to do for people. And I think Tyler may have lost that for some people. And so I knew that he had rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when he said, I do it all by myself. I don't have a writer's room. I write everything. And so there's there's some good and some bad in that. So I understood what he was trying to do when he said that. When he initially said, I write everything, the purpose of that was to be like motivation to people to say, hey, like I do it all by myself. If I can do it, you can do it too. Like you don't have to have all these other pieces. Like you can do it by yourself and, and make something great, which is good. And I'm, I'm glad that he wants to inspire people in that way. Um, however, when you are the only person uh, responsible for your writing and it's bad or there's there's things in it that don't make sense or people don't like, then guess what? You're the only person to blame. So uh, I have plenty of debates, uh, you know, and, and had a you know, long conversation, especially with my wife, about what this meant in, in film and, and how. Uh, this translates over in film like what does writing everything uh, by yourself really mean and so you know a lot of people there were so many memes this weekend when this movie dropped like uh, Fall from Grace like people were talking about how bad it was and all the errors and all the mistakes in it and this is why you need a writing room and so if if you are a 
moviegoer like me, if you really love going to movies, you'll notice that I'll say one in every three movies has some type of issue that you probably didn't notice because it was something small, but you were so caught up in the uh, the movie itself that you didn't really think like, hey, they messed up on this. Um, I remember in the movie Batman Forever when Alfred got knocked out, he was supposed to be unconscious and he fell in the middle of the doorway holding a tray in his hand. And then when um, the Riddler and Two-Face came inside, uh, they moved, he, while unconscious, moved the tray out of the way. And so, you know, that's something that like, oh, you probably didn't notice it in the movie. But if you go back and look at it, like, yeah, that definitely happened. Like, you can see him move the tray out of the way, even though he's supposed to be unconscious. Like, that's something that probably should have been caught in editing or whatever. But, you know, it got missed. A lot of things like that happened in the Tyler Perry movie that people were quick to point out. Um, For one, I know everyone is always harping on the wigs, that he uses awful wigs. I am not an expert on wigs, so I don't know a good wig from a bad wig. Um, especially when it comes to the guys. I know everyone (laughs) talks about Shamar Moore's braids look like they was glued on and they did look kind of bad. But in general, um, you know, I don't know when I go into a film, like I'm not nitpicking at every little thing. And I think some of the stuff that was being harped on, and I'm going to talk about the movie a little more in, in the next piece, but I think some of the stuff we were harping on was more so about the uh you know little small stuff that wasn't really relevant to the story versus the things in the story that um, were actually wrong so in the next part i will be talking about uh the things that i felt could have been could have been made better by the story and maybe if he had additional writers if he had a writer's room or just someone else for him to rely on for this story um it would have come out a little bit better would have been a little better received So, <clears throat> a fall from grace, and and really, this movie makes me wonder: Did Tyler Perry fall from grace? So, the rumor is that the movie was filmed in five days. Now, it is not the shortest movie ever filmed. I think I actually looked it up, and the shortest movie ever filmed was a film by the name of Victoria. It was shot in 138 minutes, I believe. So, yeah, that is ridiculous. So it's basically just one take. Um, but five days is, is you know, relatively short. Now, depending on how Tyler Perry works, um, people may get their script in advance and they may have so much time to look over it. And then, you know, he's only bringing in people who are professionals. So maybe those people know to come in, do their lines, get in, get out, you know, whatever. But um it makes me wonder why it was shot in such a quick turnaround time, especially with the things that seem to be missing from the film. So um, if you haven't seen the film, it is available on Netflix. It's called Fall From Grace. Um, you know, it's the, the film, the overall premise of the film is about um, a woman who is on trial for murdering her husband. Um, her husband was a younger guy who preyed on older women to basically scam them out of money. 
And so once she find out about it and how much money he had taken from her, um, she beat him over the head with a baseball bat, um, literally. So just off the story right there, um, you have the same, you know, woman being abused, mistreated situation that Tyler Perry typically writes about. Um, so a lot of women were were you know talking about how he basically exploits the uh, mistreatment of women to further his movies and a lot of women are frustrated with that and i can understand that when the only time tyler perry is creating a film and having a woman of color starring or a black excuse me a black woman starring it is when she is either uh being mistreated uh being taken advantage of being abused, being raped, something to that effect. Um, the only instance that I can think of where that doesn't happen, aside from like the the silly Medea movies, which Medea is not a woman, Medea is a man, as Tyler Perry dressed as a woman. But the only instance that I can think of where that's not the case is the movie Temptation. And in Temptation, she ends up with AIDS, HIV. So um i can't think of a time where um you know he makes films where women are you know strong independent protagonists on their own don't have to go through some type of traumatic experience um and end up still winning at the end of the day now um a lot of people are saying that we're tired of seeing that trauma being placed on black women in film um my thoughts on this is it's kind of mixed um to remove trauma from film only for black people, um, I think would be to remove some of the life experience. So, you know, I'm a black man, I'm a black author, and I do believe that all life has some, life is traumatic just by definition. Life is traumatic. Like if you think of the way that we come into this world, we are forcefully brought into the world we are forced to constantly change, forced to do things that are not naturally pleasing to us. Like our brains have to constantly adapt and evolve and everything. But that's life. That's what life is. It's trauma. Life is trauma. And, you know, to only paint positive pictures um, would be uh, like like living in a fairy tale. Like it's not telling true experiences. And there's a lot of great things that came out of some of the trauma that we experience. So um, to say like, we don't want those types of stories to be told, I don't agree with that. I think we should still um, tell the good and the bad of the black experience. Beyond that though, um, there are some stories that I just don't have an interest in seeing anymore. I don't wanna see any more slave films unless it's something where the slaves rise up revolt and take over the country and it's something completely different from what we've seen before like oh these slaves happen to have superpowers and they go on a, you know something different like and even then i'm not even sure if i want to see it like there's a film coming out um antebellum which is like a get out meets slavery type thing like a horror slavery film like i don't know if i even want to see that even though it's got janelle monet in it and i love janelle monet but i don't know if i want to I don't want to subject my mind to seeing more stuff like that. And this kind of goes back to my previous podcast when I was talking about Queen and Slim, how a lot of people don't want to see certain images because it's triggering. 
um, you know, especially when you're, you know, black and you have to see these same images in real life every day. So if you're seeing people get shot on the news, black people get shot in the news, or you live in a neighborhood where black people are being killed on a regular basis, you don't want to go to the movies and see the same thing. I can 100% uh, understand that. And uh, when it comes to film, like you have a right to not go see those films. And I think if collectively, if we stop supporting certain types of films, that the people who write those stories will say, okay, this isn't what people want to see anymore. Let me find something else. Let me find another way to tell the black experience, to share the black experience in film. And so when we look at this movie, A Fall from Grace, um, you see the elder black woman who, so her whole story was just tragic. So her husband left her for a younger woman. So then this guy comes out of nowhere, appears to be Prince Charming, tries to sweep her off her feet, finally convinces her to marry him. And then he starts doing her just as bad. Actually does her worse than her previous husband. He comes like he comes in, he embezzles hundreds of thousands of dollars from her job. She worked at the bank. He remortgages her house for hundreds of thousands of dollars, takes the money and just dips with it. And then you know, he starts like just treating her like trash. Like he brings women in the in the house, starts having sex. And when she catches him, he doesn't even really care to stop. He's like, look, get out. I'll, I'll be finishing a little bit, basically. Like stuff like that. Yeah, that's traumatic. And nope. And so if you are a woman who's been cheated on, mistreated or something like that. Yeah, you're going to be like Tyler Perry, middle finger to you, buddy. And I understand that. And because of the fact that most of his most of the people who go to see his films are female um you know that that'll be statistically proven like mostly women will go see his film so if you are basically attacking your core audience in every film you make i can understand why there's going to be some backlash after a while like they were like okay the first few movies yeah we rocked with you we gave you a chance but now we expect more from you and i think the reason that more is expected of him is because of his position in cinema right now so if you were to think of black producers and directors nobody i think is bigger i mean you could say spike lee maybe um but spike lee's movies typically don't do the same numbers that tyler perry's does tyler perry has his own studio lot he has all of these resources all of these connections and people want to work with tyler perry the only thing is he has to tell the stories that people want to hear and so i don't know if it's a disconnect between him not knowing the stories that people want to hear or him not being able to tell those stories well i was explaining to someone else that me as an author if you want me to write action you want me to write a thriller drama um romance sci-fi fantasy horror i can write any of that you ask me to write a comedy i probably can't do it too well it's it's not that I'm not a funny person. Like, oh, I'm hilarious. At least to myself, I am anyways. I'm funny on Facebook. <laughs> but anyways, if you were to ask me to write a comedic book, I don't know how to make words be funny. Like, I don't know how to deliver a joke in written format so that people would laugh at it. And so I probably wouldn't do comedy. Um, when it comes to romance, I'm going to write romance from certain perspectives because that's a perspective I know. Um, 
you know, when it comes to like, so one of the things about me as an author and, you know, I'm going to put this out there before. So if anyone ever comes back and asks me later on why I don't do this, this is the reason why. Um, If someone were to ask me, why don't I have any LGBT representation in my in my books? Uh, Plain and simple. I don't have the understanding to write those stories. I don't have the experience to write those stories. So me trying to tell the story of someone that I don't know, don't understand and can't experience, it's going to be pretty hard, especially if that's going to be a core part of the story that's being told. So can I write a book and have, you know, gay characters in it? Absolutely. Um, But the the importance of their gayness is going to be minimalized because or minimized, excuse me, I always say minimalized. It's going to be minimized because of the fact that I don't know enough to speak on that experience. So, you know, it'll be lightly mentioned that this person is gay and maybe like, oh, yeah, this is his fiance. And then I'm not going to dwell on that any further because I wouldn't be able to do it justice trying to tell that story. Um, when it comes to certain perspectives, we, I as a, as a writer and as a creative can't speak to everything. I just can't. And so Tyler Perry is no different. He hasn't experienced everything. He doesn't know everything. And so he can't write every experience. The thing that's troubling is that he only seems to have that one perspective. And so when it comes to the movie of Fall from Grace, um, that's one of the troubling things about it is why does this have to be the perspective? Why doesn't he have any movies with uh, male protagonists going through the same things, especially knowing the same the issues that he went through in his own childhood. Like, um, you know, I, I know he's spoken on it before, but he was, you know, sexually abused uh, in his youth. And so, like, there's some pain there. There's something there that you can talk about. But why aren't you? You know, um, so, you know, there's there's a lot to that. And, and I'm going to go on this last little rant about the movie Fall from Grace. And then I want you guys to kind of think about, like, what is it about his movies that kind of rubs you the wrong way? Like, you know, do you even watch his movies anymore? I know a lot of people said I stopped watching his movies years ago. Um, and I felt like he's tried to step out of his box. Like the movie Acrimony was something different from what he typically does. Um, but there were some issues with... Uh, fall from grace that that i have and it wasn't even just the writing like i'm going in on that in the next piece but think about that what does tyler perry's what do his movies mean for you would you be okay if you never saw another tyler perry movie and if so why is that So did Tyler Perry fall from grace? I don't know. The movie itself, if I had to give it a rating out of 10, I'm probably going to give it 5 out of 10. And I don't know if that's being generous or not. I've seen it 1.5 times. uh, Halfway watched it when my wife was watching it and then went back and rewatched it for the sake of this podcast. Um, My issues with it. Uh, The story pacing. Um, So when I say pacing, um, I'm talking about the tempo at which the story progresses, right? 
And the reason I had an issue with the story pacing was because this was basically a story being told within a story. A good majority of the events that happen in the movie are being recounted by the main character, Grace Waters. And so when you have a story within a story, I think it's very important to make sure that your tone matches, that everything kind of flows, because to me, this story just didn't. Um, And like I said, I'm no expert at all, but this is my opinion, right? So pacing, tone, um, those were two things. Um, I'm not even going to really bring up the, the small things like the extras drinking out of empty glasses. Who cares about that? That doesn't matter. If you're focused on the story, that's the stuff that, that really matters. Because if a, if a story is really good, you will overlook those small things every time, nine times out of ten. Um, so we said tone. We said the pacing. Um, character motivations. So... I am huge on making sure that my characters have a reason to be doing the things that they do. Uh, Your defender, your public defender in the movie Fall from Grace was conflicted. One second, she wants to defend this woman. She wants to set her free. She wants to fight more for her case than she does. The next second, she doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore. She wants to quit. And so I could not get behind her um, as as a character, I just it, she was not believable. Uh, her motivations weren't believable. The argument that her and her husband had in the uh, after um, the trial started going kind of you know awry just wasn't believable. She like I don't know. She just didn't convince me. Um, like the whole time, I'm like, okay, what is she gonna do and why is she doing it? Uh, Felicia Rashad is Felicia Rashad is one of the best. Like she's a great actress, but her character was pretty weak as well. Like um, I know she was trying to seem unassuming and, and everything like that, and that was part of the twist of the of the show. But I don't know. I just I couldn't get into her character. the The best character in the whole show. Um, <laughs> was the guy who played Shannon DeLong, or uh, I think his name was Mills or something. His real name was Mills. But that was the best character in the show. He was convincing narcissist. He was a convincing manipulator. And once he got his way, he was a demon to her. And uh, he did a good job playing his role. Um, he was entertaining, if, if not anything. Um, I know people are going to be running around talking about Ashtray for the for the next few weeks, you know, if you saw the movie. But overall, um, there was just nothing about this other than the fact that the, the premise for the story was a good concept. Like, you know, having a guy who is taking advantage of women who just want to be loved and he is taking them to the cleaners, taking all their money. Um, I think they should have done more with all of the older women who are missing and, and locked up down in the basements. Um, they should have investigated that more, maybe tied that into uh, the, the husband, the uh, police officer who was a husband, uh, the husband who was a police officer, tied that into his story and given him a little more purpose because 
um, you know, him coming home and trying to be the supportive husband to a woman who doesn't know whether or not she wants to be a lawyer or not. It just didn't really fit. Like nothing seemed natural. And I think that's one of the, the big things for me about character development, about character progression in any story that you tell is that the interactions need to seem natural. They seem to, they need to fit. So if, for example, the public defender, her, she had never won a case. And let's say that she just keeps getting case after case after case, and she keeps losing these cases. And she's like, I'm going to win my next case, no matter what. And then everything she does is, you know, garnered on her need to win this case because she has never won a case and she's fixated on it and she's obsessed on it. That character becomes more believable. We become more drawn into her because we can relate to what she wants to do. She is obsessed with success. She wants to win. Um, Or if she's like, I'm just tired of it. I want to walk away from it. And then something happens to uh, change her perspective. But I felt like this, this protagonist was too on the fence about everything. And, and that made it hard to, uh, believe anything that she had going on. It had made me it like, there was nobody in the, in this movie that I rooted for. And I think that's ultimately should be the goal. If you're going to have a character, a protagonist, it should be likable in some way, shape or form, or if they're not likable, um, they still need to be relatable. I don't feel like either one of those things happened. Um, so that's my take. I, I really feel like overall, like I said, the movie definitely disappointed. Um, and it, it was a good lesson for me as a storyteller because now I know, okay, these are some of the things that I need to avoid for myself. Um, so that being said, I'm going to, of course, plug myself. If you haven't read any of my books, definitely uh, inbox me or you can email me at your favorite author at gmail.com. Or you can go to your favorite author, U R F A V O R I T E dot square dot site, and just shop for yourself. You know, find a book that you like, hit me up, inbox me. And if you want to sign up for my Patreon as well, I might be able to get you an autographed copy. But uh, that's my take on it, Story Squad. Um, it, it, the story, like I said, it, there's so much more that could have happened there, and it just didn't. So maybe Tyler Perry will learn from this. Maybe he won't. Uh, Maybe he'll continue to put out the same stories that he's been putting out. Maybe he'll lose followers. Maybe he won't. Uh, Only time will tell. But that is my time. Story time. And I thank you once again for checking in with me. It's your favorite author. I write books. Boom. Boom.